Hey, what's going on, champs? I'm Aaron Deliosa. Welcome to an Immigrant's Life podcast. My podcast is about immigrants, immigration, and everything in between. We are back again. Another week, another opportunity to share an amazing story from another amazing immigrant. First thing first, I want to thank you for your continued support. If you're new here, welcome. I'm very pleased that you are here. And if I could ask you a favor, please go ahead and click that subscribe button. It would really mean a lot to me and you will be helping the podcast a bunch. Also, if you want to know more about the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at An Immigrant's Life. You can listen to the podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. Now, let's talk about the episode. This week's guest is one fiery individual and it's for a really good reason and a really good cause. You're going to find out her life what is such a struggle because of government stupidity, to be honest. So, also, on this episode, some sad angry tears were shed, but there were plenty of laughs too. I promise you, you'd really like this episode. So, without further ado, let's get into the show. Isa, dalawa, tatlo. Our guest today is an immigrant rights activist, a community organizer, a saint, and a mother of three beautiful children. Everyone, please welcome Eva Santos Veloz. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, my name is Eva Santos, she, her, ella, from the Dominican Republic, a DACA recipient, and I've been residing in the Bronx, New York for the last 15 years. Thank you so That's much for great. having me here today. Oh, it's a pleasure. And uh, I just was going to say thank you for coming on. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Um, I feel really always really grateful to be able to um, share my story and just voice out like my demands and, you know, many other people out there. I feel like it's very important. Mm. Yeah. When I saw your account, I'm like, yo, she got to come on, man. <laughs> thank you so much. I mean, I I am very new to like... um this activism um, work, I always wanted to do it for the longest time, but I've, um, it's unfortunate that like my community, we lack a lot of like, you know, um, resources and we just, we, we don't get together as Central Americans get together um, as, as we should. So I was out there trying to look for a person to go rally with and go speak up and go stand on the stairs and march. And I just couldn't find that person. Um, I'm from the Dominican Republic. And it's unfortunate, like when I first apply, I had to um, apply in like, let's say, in an African-American um, organization because my country doesn't offer the resources for us. To this day, DACA has nine years and they don't even know what the program is to let it to 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 better explain to you, like um, the lack of resources. So, you know, when that happened, I was like, first of all, I have to like let my country know like we're we're here, like Dominican DACA recipients are here. And they can, we need help. We need resources. And in, in order for me to do that, I have to go out there and speak up. Hmm. So I couldn't find that person to help me. And I was like, um, let me be that person. Um, let me be that person to um, that's in the stairs, that's Dominican, that is not the usual. Um, and let's speak up and let me go scream and let me go voice out my demands. And that's what I'm trying to do now. And I feel so happy and grateful that for all the support that I've been getting and such a little bit of time um, for this movement and this actions, and I'll forever be grateful for it. Mm, that's amazing. Yeah, you're an inspiration. 
like just when the the amount of work you have to do to you know invite people and come and do the poster and all the stuff it's a lot of work and like i said you're a saint <laughs> you know um i actually i thank you so much for that i i um i started doing this with the undeniable squad from united we dream action and I hosted this. This is my second rally that I, I did. Um, I did the first one, July 6th, in front of um, Chuck Schumer's office. Um, it was like very small. It was my first rally. I honestly didn't know the logistics that go behind a rally, like for you to voice your demands um, and, and to be able to like get the attention that is required. Like, let's say the last rally in Foley Square that we have some like media and so many organizations supporting photo photographers. It takes a lot of work. Um, and And I am so happy that I've been able to learn and I've been able to have the guidance from like United We Dream Action and also the team that I've had um, to be able to like make this action happen. I wouldn't have been able to like be able to do this without like their guidance. Yeah. I love that you say like, I didn't know anything. It's like guerrilla, you know? I didn't know nothing. Like I honestly thought, even though there there is people out there that will just go and rally without permissions and permits and all of that. But, you know, um, there are also other things that go behind, like rallying. And I honestly thought that it was just like getting up and let's go rally in front of USCIS <laughs> office. Let's go. Let's go. Um, and it wasn't like it's not like that at all. Um, you need a lot of things. Um, also, just to make sure like your our community always feels safe is very extremely important. Like we, we don't just want to rally to rally and, and, and let people only see us again. Our community is there sharing their stories, trying to feel comfortable and safe to demand their rights. So for me, as an undocumented immigrant myself, I always fear a lot of going to these rallies because I thought I was probably going to get in trouble. You know, there's a lot of bad narrative like, oh, if you go rally, you might get arrested. Mostly when you're undocumented, you fear a lot for that. So, you know, I also want to change that for people to like um, feel like, you know, our rallies are like wel welcoming Um, we, we, we try to keep everybody safe, um, and feel comfortable to share their stories, regardless of what it is always. Of course. Of course. I'd like to talk more about your activism, but for now, let's yes. focus about Eva. So yeah. what's, what's Eva's background? As you say, you're Dominican. What's where she was born? Tell us. Okay. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm Dominican. I came here when I was nine years old. Um, I came with my mom and my siblings, Um, my sister, she's a U.S. citizen because she's uh, uh, she's younger than me. But because my mom came here when we um, were three with a tourist visa um, from the Dominican Republic. And she had her like she she had her here um, during that time. Um, we came and, you know, we struggle a lot as like being undocumented, like through shelters and, you know, um, a lot of like. I think it's just like what undocumented people go through, like in a city like New York, that is so expensive. Like my mom um, being undocumented herself. Um, I always was a little girl, very um, cheerful and and out there, but and very, very smart in school. Um, but when it came to the time that I needed to uh, apply for for like college, I didn't have anything. Um And I was like, oh, so how, how I'm going to support my mom? My mom is undocumented. We're all undocumented. The only undocumented is my sister. So I dropped out of school. Okay. I dropped out of school. Um, 
And I started working when I was 13 years old to be able to like you know, help my mom and, and help her provide for us. My mom was a single mom. So I, um, in the process that I was working, I was also a young, a very young mom. I was a mom when I was 18. So I, I had to grow at a very young age and also being undocumented. Um, I had a petition from my dad that because of the lack of resources, again, from my country and from like the community that I am after waiting 10 years for that petition, it went to like, I lost that. But thankfully, you know, um, DACA came and that changed my life. Um, mm-hmm. I started working in banking, which was like my dream job since way before I um, I'd had like I was able to like um, legally work. Um, I did so many jobs prior to that. I did money transfer. I wore work in a bodega. I worked, <laughs> a, I worked in a supermarket. I worked in a driving school. I mean, I did everything and anything. Um, I, I always say um, that my college has been like the streets like mm-hmm. learning out there um and i feel like i hold proud to that i for a very long time i felt scared to share my story because i felt like me not having a degree to stand with that like you know you, there's so many dreamers out there that i feel so proud and you know I, I i i admire them so much because of the hard work that they have put in being undocumented and being a dreamer and they have the degree so i felt for so many years like my story didn't hold power because I didn't have that degree, you know, but, you know, I, as soon as I got my permit, I started working in banking, um, which was the career that I always loved. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking that I I love numbers, um, trying to work and survive while also being a mom of, of three kids. And I developed and I started to know that banking and numbers was not my thing. It was just people like working, <laughs> with, working with people and, and servicing people. I realized that that was my passion. Um, I started working for a nonprofit organization for kids from the border. Um, and there it was when I first like had my interaction with immigration for the first time, because then again, being Domini- Dominican, like we don't have like we don't we don't you don't hear a, a lot of like fearing ice. Um, that's when I I realized like, wow, I, I am really undocumented when i saw eyes in front of me and i was really scared yeah so um, wait uh, sorry for cutting you off when did you find out that you're undocumented and how no i found out when i was going to college um mm. when i was when i was trying to apply for school that i you know i went to my mom being a little girl like oh my friends are applying um you know i took the sat and i got this amount of a score so now what um you can like we can't afford it first of all because, you know, I am so happy for the people that have been able to, like, afford to be able to go to school, have the resources to apply for a scholarship. My mom didn't have that then. Like, the resources to probably um, go and apply for a scholarship for me, for me to go to school, for or the money. So, and that's when I, it hit me. That's when I knew I'm like, oh, right. oh I'm really, I'm really undocumented. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I can't go to school like my friends. I can't go to college like my friends. And you know, everything changed then. Like, I feel like everybody has experienced the same thing, mostly undocumented youth that came in at a very young age. It it was mostly when they were at school that reality hit them. Now, do do I feel that um, going to school would have changed my life? Of course. Um, I feel like um, I would have many more opportunities now that I have my work permit because I was not able to go to school. You know, it's, it's unfortunate that 
as much as I know and I'm knowledgeable of so many things, at the end of the day, this org- this this companies, they want a degree as much as you know, you know. But right now, you know, I am currently um, working in my activism work. Um, I actually lost my job because of um, that pandemic back last year because my renewal didn't come on time for DACA and I'm still unemployed to this day. Um, always um, trying to work, um, helping people around around me. Um, I gratefully last week um, did feed the homies here in the city, um, which is like feeding. Um, I, I call I call them homies because I don't like calling them homeless. <laughs> um, it's just like a way for me to have respect over them. Um, and I just feel like I've developed in the last in this pandemic, like my true passion. And it's just the work that I'm doing now, not fully just for the immigrant advocacy, just for advocating for so many other causes that are important out there mm-hmm. that I feel that I didn't I haven't voiced out myself and I should it should start from me. Um, I was very um even with my friends for so many time, I was like, why are they not supporting immigrants? Why are they not supporting the undocumented community? What's going on? But then I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, what am I showing them as an undocumented myself to support me? You know, mm-hmm. and it's just so many people should see that because I've seen um, a lot of people that I know get upset about this, like having lack of support. But how are you voicing out the support? And I feel like that is extremely important. And, you know, I'm doing this for like the future of my kids. Um, they are the reason why I'm doing this um, is my future is, 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 is theirs. Um, mm-hmm. At the end of the day, um, protections that we have, that I have and many other um, millions of immigrants is not enough. And my kids and so many other kids that are going to be the future for this country shouldn't have to be living in fear for this every single day. Of course, of course. So your kids are they documented? How? What's yes, this? they were all. They all three were born here. They're all U.S. citizens. Oh, thankfully, thankfully. Yes. So we're talking about undocumented and DACA and all the stuff. The stuff. And I have listeners that doesn't know anything about DACA or undocumented. Can you educate us quickly about these two topics? Sure. So DACA is um, more stand for um, deferred action for childhood arrivals. These are kids that came before before they were 16 um, to the U.S. and they have resided here for a certain period of time. Right now, um, this is um, this gives you a temporary protection, which give you gives you like a, a regular work permit, a license, um, the the regular things that anyone can do, but it's just temporary. You you don't have um, a lot of um, resources as many other people and you have to renew this every year and eight months um let's also remember that daca um was just temporarily half blocked meaning there's no new applications this is why we call this that this is temporary one because we have to renew it every two years and they could just take it away from us at any time just like they, Judge Hannon did a um, few weeks ago with the new applications. I know, I know so many people that their life was going to change because of this new applications with DACA, and they just stopped it. This is why we're continuing to fight. And with the undocumented other portion of the um, of the community is those that are not dreamers, those that are not in this mass that are currently covered by um, deferred action that don't have anything at the moment. And those are 
essential workers, those are those drivers that are delivering your food to your doors. Those um, those farm workers that are picking your food for you to be able to eat. Um, and just your parents, my parents, every single dreamers parents that I just spoke about that came before us and brought us here. Um, they are deserving of this um, citizenship for all. And this who, who they are, they, they came here to this country trying to look for a better life for themselves and for their kids. And unfortunately, they have been here for many, many, many years. And we, we are demanding um, this um, pathway to citizenship for for many of us. Mm. If there's a DACA for children, is there a program for adults? Um, there's also TPS, um, which is is covered um, is in the budget reconciliation. But not every country is, is that's based on countries. Not every country is included there. Mm. So there is no um, program like for adults at the moment. There was going to be a program a few years back called DAPA. If I'm not wrong, um, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but that didn't pass. Um, so this is why it's extremely important for this pathway to citizenship to pass. Mostly for, like I said, I even said it in my rally. Um, I honestly don't want anything if we're not all included. And I am a DACA recipient because I, I firmly believe that my mom is documented now, but hmm. like those parents that came, um, that brought their children, deserve that peace of mind before I do. Mm-hmm, for sure. So you mentioned your mom's documented now. How did she process, how did she get from undocumented to documented? She had to wait for my sister, which she was born here back in 1994, to turn 21 to be able to petition for her. Oh yeah. How about can she petition you? Um, no, because she's not. Uh, she's she's my sister. She can petition for me, but I will have to wait the period of 10 years, um, and I will have to leave the country because of the type of petition that it is. Um, like I said, I have a petition. I, I actually have an approve approve I 130. Um, for my dad, like my dad, my dad is a U.S. citizen. Like, hello, my dad is a U.S. citizen. This is what people need to understand how fucked up this system is. Um, my dad is a U.S. citizen and I am undocumented. Like my mom is arrested and how my, my sister is a citizen. My kids are a citizen. My brother is a resident. I am the only undocumented person here. Hmm. in my family and this is me having a petition and following the rules like with my dad and after we went through all of that the national visa center and i waited eight and a half years for them to send me one letter they said oh yeah you we got an approval but you gotta go take go get it to the dominican republic (laughs) what a place that you don't even know anything about so they send me a paper like oh yeah you've been approved you could um go undergo the procedure after waiting eight and a half years for an approval and submitting um, proof of uh, parents, like they, 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 a DNA test. I had to provide them DNA test. My dad went from being a resident to a citizen. So I had to change all of that with them. They just decided nine years later, like, oh yeah, we, we got you, but you got to leave the country first. That's so crazy. After I've been here for 22 years, and that's that's I, I and I feel like that's something. So many people ask me the same question: How is that that your parents are citizens and you're undocumented? I was like, well, because the system is just that messed up. Yeah, it is. So before DACA, was there a program to protect undocumented people? 
No, uh, before that, um, there was no no program to protect. Like that's why when Obama created this program, it changed the life of thousands of youth of my life, millions of kids' life out there because it has changed throughout the program. I know of people that that have come in, in and out of the um, youth then because either they have um, filed for a certain other petition. People' life changed. We didn't have anything prior to this. Prior to this, I was working up the books for years every in anything or everything I could have find um, to be able to provide for myself. First, to be able as a kid to be able to provide to my mom. I had to be an adult at a very young age because we were undocumented. And then being a young mom, I had to then provide to my kids. And it was just like chaotic. You know, DACA did change my life and it did change so many other people other um, youth life. And, and now that judge hadn't stopped um, the new application three weeks ago, it hurt me so much because I just, I know personally how my life changed when that, that work permit came in my mail, you know, and I know people that their fingerprints were the next day when that ruling happened. So how unfair was that? You know, mm. it's just like, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, I'm sorry that uh, you have to go through that. Why do you think most Americans are anti-immigration? It's just like, you know, it's unfortunate, like racism runs this country. Um, and it's mostly, I feel like the Trump era affected us very much, like so bad. Yeah. Even though that this has existed for so many years, I feel like his attacks and 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 just like the perspective that he put in the media to the American and his supporters. Um has affected the undocumented people big time because, um, you know, he put out there, you know, immigrants are criminals, immigrants are this, immigrants are that, DACA recipients are lazy. But like the bad narrative, like, no, no. Like, you know how hard each single one of us, DACA recipients, TPS workers, essential workers, those farm workers that don't have anything that are out there every single day in the sun, for us to feed ourselves, how, how, like, these Americans are feeding themselves based on our work, you okay. know, and, and, and through, even through all this pandemic, like you guys order very much through, through, through those, um, um, apps to eat, yeah. to feed yourselves. It's like, it was the undocumented immigrants out there doing their jobs that you don't want to do. So that's why, like, you know, it's upsetting. I understand, but it's unfortunate that we, we want to do the work, you know? Yeah, that's crazy. I, I like that you mentioned about the farmers because uh, in Canada, we have those two. The farmers hire people from, you know, Central America or Southern America. So when the pandemic happened, they cannot come. No one's doing the, the dirty jobs, quote unquote. Correct. It's just like um, people think that... Um, and, and, and I fear a lot about this, like, budget reconciliation in, in that sense, because, you know, there's a lot of rumors that, you know, that there is something that is going to pass, but it's not going to include everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, there's always going to be a lot of guidelines, um, taxes, employment records, criminal records, how much you have worked for the country, if you're able to provide and prove this and that. And I feel like farm workers have nothing to prove to you other than they've been out there <laughs> <laughs> trying to feed you like like 
I mean, you know, and I fear a lot for them because these farm workers, they don't have a lot of like resources, you know, and help to like paper trail of what they have done in this country, you know? And I fear a lot when this uh, budget reconciliation does pass, because I'm super hopeful it does, that they're going to try to backstab us, many of us in a way, in, in that sense, like, you know, trying to keep these guidelines and requirements, which is understandable, but I know they're going to overdo it. Mm-hmm, for sure. So what's this budget reconciliation that you're talking about? Can you tell us more about it? Okay, so the budget reconciliation is like a is a three point five billion budget that um Biden um came up with a bill. So not to make it super long, we are included there. Um, DACA recipients, TPS workers, um, essential workers, farm workers. Right now, the House um Senate passed that bill, and woohoo, we are in there. Which it was why we were like demanding and fighting for. Um, in this bill, this will give us a pathway to citizenship for all. Oh, sweet. This bill ha- is being revised now. We don't really know like what is going to include, who's going to include. What we are fighting for is for 11 million of us to be included there. Right now, we have the Democrats on our side, on um, meaning that we don't need the Republicans' um, votes in order for this to pass. Hmm. Um, we, we do have the parliamentarian who makes her advice. But then again, they don't need her to be able to support us. And that's extremely important for people to know that um, the Democrats, like the parliamentarian can give her advice whether or not she feels like we need we can be included in this pathway to citizenship for all. But we need to remember that Democrats have the power regardless to give us this this year. They don't need the parliamentarians and they don't need the Republicans to give us this peace of mind. And this this is what they promised us. And this is just what they should give us. Period. <laughs> I, like they have the it... power, the control of the House and the Senate. Yeah. Like, there's no excuse yeah. at all. Yeah, I hope it happens. I You think because of the Republicans are, most of them are anti-immigration that stops them from passing the bill. Yeah, I mean... Again, like I said, of course, we 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 are very aware. Like the Republicans um, don't want they 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 are putting all the excuses. They feel like this is not the legal way. They feel like we should probably struggle more in order to be able to be deserving of this. Mm-hmm. But like I said, we don't need them this time around. Democrats have the full power of and have the full control of the House and the Senate. And they are able to give us this without the Republicans. So therefore, we we got this. This is our year because they, they 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 promised us this. There's no excuse ever, but regardless if the parliamentarian feels like this is not the year for us or we should wait, they have the power to undergo and over go her through her head. And no, 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 no. This is not happening. They got this. <laughs> That's amazing. So change is a very slow and grueling process. Having said that, what motivates you to keep going? What motivates me to keep going? Um, I've gotten that question many times. Um, I feel like not giving up. Like, I feel like giving up for what your rights are will be the worst idea ever um all we have is fight 
like what else can we do then voicing out um and mostly this year because we have this um power in the house and the senate i feel so hopeful like we haven't had this in a very long time and i feel that that should give a lot of people hope like at the end of the day we haven't gotten this far in this long mm. so we shouldn't lose hope now i had a call earlier and i said should we sit down and feel like we did it now this is when we need to fight now is the time that we need to actually show them you included us included us in that pathway to in that budget reconciliation because we were out there voicing out our demands give it to us now so i sh- i should say this now and i'll stick to it until like this passes at the end of september continue to voice out the demands don't feel now because they're revising the bill and 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 they are just probably thinking about it at okay, let's see and sit down and see what happens. No, continue to share, continue to tell your friends, continue to go out there, take actions. There's a bunch of ways if you're at home, texting campaigns, phone bankings, rallies, march. It's extremely important not to feel comfortable at this moment mm-hmm. that we almost, almost, almost got this. For sure, for sure. Let's go back to your personal side uh, a little bit more. So we growing up, you're you didn't know you're undocumented but your mom knows was she yeah. extra conservative and extra worried about you hey eva don't do nothing stupid don't get picked up by the police yes yes all the time um my mom was very um fearful of being in a large crowd um fearful of going to the airport to pick up <laughs> family Um what can I explain to you? Uh we had a, a, a my my kid's dad, he um, he undergo went um immigration procedures and we didn't go to the USCIS office because we were really scared. We we it's just like um throughout like our childhood she will keep us you cannot be going outside to, with your friends to like Regular things that like a regular kid will do, like go to a party. How about you get stopped by the cops? And no, 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 no. Come home. You need to come home. She always feared that because she thought that, you know, they could have just stopped us in the streets and take us to like and deport us. To this day, my mom, like even though like my mom just became a, a resident three years ago because my sister just turned 21. To this day, my mom, my mom still is. As a resident, still see you can still see the trauma. Mm-hmm. She's so fearful of so many things. Like she's still undocumented. Even for me, like me being a DACA recipient, she still fears for me. When I, I, now that I'm a, I drive. She's like, oh my god, you need to be careful. Somebody who like just, I'm in New York City. So many crazy people. You you get arrested because somebody goes in front of your car. You get deported. I'm like, mommy, that doesn't work like that. I'm not just gonna get deported. <laughs> you know. I know. So much- Like, you know, and when she sees something in the news about DACA and even my kids themselves, like they're like, mommy, you're going to go to paper prison. That's how they call um, immigration jail. You're going to go to paper prison. Paper prison. Like, because when their dad where it was in jail for me, in order for me to, they were so little, so little for me to be able to be able to explain to them, like why he was in jail. I was like, okay, you see this paper and this paper 
U.S. citizens have this paper. Daddy doesn't have this paper. So that's why he's in that jail. Also, that's paper prison. That's how they they understood it in that moment. So now when they're rallying with me, they're like, mommy, we're rallying. So you don't have to go to that paper prison. (laughs) That's so cute. Paper prison. Yeah. So, you know, it's so sad that any kid, any kid out there have to be fearful or asking their parents this type of things, you know, Um, like my kids, like they asked me in my last rally, they're like, so what happens if you don't get it again? Do we all have to leave the country Mm. or do we stay here? So it's just like, they feel like I'm just going to be taken away from them. Like, yeah. Oh, kid. And I fear that when I was a little girl, a lot, you know, because I saw like my mom being undocumented. I thought my mom was like, she used to clean offices and stuff like that. I used to fear like me fearing that I was just going to walk in and take her. Um, and, and that's what they fear. And I feel like that shouldn't continue for them and many other kids out there. They should be studying and playing and worrying about so many other things. They are our future. Mm-hmm. They have to like mental health and trauma is, 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 is real. Mm-hmm. And this is affecting these kids right now, like that are experiencing this. Um, and, and this kids that, that are like, seeing their parents go like say to really go to immigration jail or really go to through through procedures like i worked in the um, nonprofit organization with kids from the border and these kids have to represent themselves in in court like they have to sit there with and 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 it's super sad to see that you know how this you know and, and and are we thinking how is that affecting them their their childhood in the future not a no at no point are these Americans thinking that these kids are not choosing to come here? I didn't like my mom came here with me trying to like get a better life. I didn't, I didn't decide to, to like, um, to come here. And then my kids didn't decide for my, for my mom to try to come here to give me a better life. You see the connection. So it's just like, this needs to change for the future. Of of, course. Of of course. Definitely. definitely. When uh, your mom, came to the states as a tourist did she plan of staying no no my mom we were we have been traveling because we like in the dominican republic we were not a family of like we lack resources or any of that like you know um we we were fine there you were I rich? Never, um i would not say that we were rich but we we were fine like we were in, in what you will say in my country um of what we we were okay. Like mm-hmm. I, as a kid, I will I was like, why do you can't? Why do you? Why does he get? <laughs> I understand. Like as a parent, like the English, the the opportunities that is here is much bigger and better. Mm-hmm. But we have been traveling here. She was she first has been traveling here since the eighties mm-hmm. as a tourist. She was pregnant with me here in the U.S. when she Mom, was seven. You could have delivered me that day, man. Listen, she, you know, and she feels very, um, um, she feels very bad about that too. Um, because she was eight months pregnant with me and she was here and she left, um, because she feared it was the eighties back then it was so much different. So she feared in that moment, Oh, I cannot have a Dominican kid in USA. Hell no, I'm leaving. No, I'm leaving. (laughs) You know? So she left, um, then um, we came back as a tourist. And then again, I we were coming back and forth, back and forth until 1999 that 
she left us she left us in the Dominican Republic and came to work that's when mm. things changed um in that period of time you know um she started like things changed in the Dominican Republic their like presidency so like like the economy changed so she came here to work and left us with our grandma four months later she was like uh you're gonna come here it was 1999 and I've been here ever since mm. um she made the decision up on herself um to stay we had a tourist visa that expired in 2003 mm -hmm. um and we couldn't go back after that we couldn't wow. since you're a DACA recipient now can you travel internationally um no we we cannot travel internationally only if we apply for advanced parole advanced parole is um it's like a type of form that you submit with immigration basically let it um telling them that you you only you they only let you travel for humanitarian purposes and for educational purposes meaning if you have like an immediate family member that requires um health um um they like they unfortunately pass away and you need to attend their funeral arrangements which i feel like is so unfair to me that i shouldn't have to go see my family when they die you shouldn't allow me to see my family when they die only like why like i i even i actually open up my rally like that my grandma was here she's 92 years old and she's my life i love her with dear life and she has to travel here because i'm unable to go to the dominican republic and this was actually the last year that she told me like This is the last year I, I'm able to do it. I, I even want to cry because it hurts me, you oh. know, because she cannot no longer come and I can no longer go. And and it's just like people need to see like how bad this is. Like this is a jail for many of us. Mm -hmm. We cannot decide up on ourselves only in an application. Let them know, oh, my grandma passed away. Can I go see her now? It's unfortunate. And or, or maybe because of educational purposes. Why is my country gonna want me to go to study to the Dominican Republic? Like it just makes no sense. Like mm. so, it's just like that's what advanced parole is. That's like what we go through in a in a, in a day to day. Like um, that affects me so much. I think that that's one of the biggest things because for me, it's so important to be able to like be with her. Like I wish I couldn't have her here. I can't. She's undocumented herself. She she's a she only has a visa. She can stay. Um. So for me to keep her here, there's a lot like she won't have like health um, resources. She's 92. Um, so, you know, there's not that's, that's the things pe people need to see that there's so much more than working and having a license. And it's just being free and being able to do simple things like that than seeing my grandma. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just it's a it's a it's a very sad topic because um, everybody goes through that. Every I've known so many people that have 25 years they don't go to their countries, and like this year, if they decide that they don't give us a pathway to citizenship, I won't see my grandma until she, let's say, unfortunately, she passes away, and USCIS gives me an advanced parole. Mm -hmm not fair so this is why we are fighting and people need to understand why we're voicing these things out and the importance importance of, of this changing for many of us yeah i'm sure i i hope i hope it passes and it's i'm not gonna lie when i started the podcast i didn't know anything i've heard of dreamers i've heard of daca yeah. i didn't know anything about it till yeah. i had a guest that he, he came on and he told me like this is how it works this is stupid 
This is crazy. Yeah. And 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 let's not forget for you to apply for DACA, it's a lot a lot of guidelines. For you to apply for DACA, you need to prove to them that you've been residing in this country for 12 years, meaning you have to provide them for proof of any any type of paperwork proving that you was here for 12 years. So if you don't have documented, it's almost impossible to do. So what we go through to apply is a lot. People feel like DACA is just an application that you fill out. Oh, name, address and phone number. No. It's not just name, address, and phone number. We have to go through a lot to apply. And same thing to renew. Every time we renew, we have to, every every time we renew, we have to submit the same forms. We have to pay $500 again. We have to, we have, because for some, for new applications and for for renewals, it's $500. So every year in eight months, you have to pay them $500. Let's not count like when you have to go to the bio appointments, the pictures, you have to take pictures and bios every two years. You have to, for you to apply, you have to prove to them so many things in order to, for you to get approved. Um, and people need to understand that DACA is a big procedure. It's not an easy thing. I always say that like people think it's like, it, like it's, it's, it's not just a license application. It's, 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 it's way more than that. It's, it's, yeah. it's big. It's a lot of guidelines and requirements in order to be a DACA recipient. That's you have crazy. to have a clean background. Trump said that many things. No, because they're criminals. No, we're not. In <laughs> order for you to get an approval of DACA, let me let me inform people out there. You must have a clean background. They check every inch of your hair before you get approved. So every single DACA recipient that you see out there, they underwent undergo a background procedure, and they are deserving of this. We we deserve this, and people should know that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're humans, you know, but I'm pretty sure you're more. Yes, you are close to your Dominican roots, but I'm pretty sure you identify yourself as an American. For sure. I mean, I have I came here like I came here. My mom brought us here when I was three years old. I did kindergarten, first grade and second grade here. You know, Um, we permanently stood here in 1999 but I was, I only was in my country for four years of my life. So this is my country. This is where my kids were born. This is where I learned to work. This is where I learned to drive. This is where I went to school. This is where I met my friends. This is where I know my childhood friends, my childhood teachers. This is my, my home, you know, this is, this is our home. And, 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 and so many, so many other people will relate to what I say. Um, we don't know other, no, nowhere else than this. Like, if you take me and you drop me in Dominican Republic, I will not know what to do or where to go. Yeah. You know, like it's you- funny. I, I was watching a, a Vice documentary about felons that are Tongans that was born in the States and they were being shipped back to Tonga. They don't know nobody. Like literally yeah. no one. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a really sad thing. I there And, and that's, I think I did read your article about that. And just like so many um, other countries out there that, let's say, will go to jail for any minor, very minor criminal, act, like, and they will get deported hmm. after being here for years. Um, there's actually, um, I don't remember his name. There was a dreamer a few years back here that cops stopped him in the streets Um and he was going to get deported. He went to he went to jail. He was undergoing procedures. 
And he was about to get deported because I think it was a stop and freeze back then here in the city. And that was not even allowed. He had nothing on him. He was just walking in the streets, but he was just undocumented. And it's just like, wow. You know, being taken from where the only country you know, and just like, how bad crazy is that? It's crazy. I know. Like, what, like when it came to my life, I'm like, that's that's cruel. That doesn't even make sense. Not at all. Not at all. Many of those people, their families are here. Even they have built here. Like their kids are here, their wife, their their moms, everyone. Like they have nothing in, in their in, in, in out there in their country. And it's and it's sad to say, but they came here like I did when I was young. So yeah. this is their home. Yeah. Do you know anyone personally that have been deported? I know many, yeah. Personally, from my um from the Dominican Republic, um, um, I've I've known several um people that have been deported um to to my country after being here since they were really young. And you know, they have tried to come back in um illegally as well. You know, um mm-hmm. it's unfortunate and it's because they don't know, they don't know. Yeah, like Dominican Republic, even Mexico. I I have a, a Mexican friend that was deported to them um, to Mexico, and it's just like he tried to come back in, and just like I don't know my country. I I was here. When I came when I was a kid. Like I I feel misplaced. This is not where I belong. Like you know, even the 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 language. You know, it's yeah. just a barrier because this is our home. Yeah, ethnically they are. Mexican or Dominican, but they're Americans. Sure. Do you know the process? Like once you get deported, let's say like the day off, they get deported. You get you. They send you on the plane. Do they just leave you at the airport? You know that depends. Uh, the the depends on the type of um, reason why you're getting deported. Sometimes they do like once you get deported, like just let you go from there. Like after you. Go undergo like the regular procedures there, but sometimes you have to like go to jail, like mm-hmm. there as well. Um, if you do have like a criminal background that they believe you sh- you need to pay for now in your own country, I guess that's what you know. You do that there, and then you are let go. So it's it's a lot. <laughs> it's a that's lot. crazy, and it's it, and it's not like American jail. It this is. Dominican, you know, yeah, from another country that you don't even know. That's nuts, man. I it it blows my mind. And thank you for educating me and educating the listeners because I don't know anything about DACA before. I'm so glad that I'm able to like educate you and your listeners. Um, for me, extremely important. Um, because like I said, um, coming from the community that I come from, being Dominican. Like my consulate, when I applied for the Dominican, for the DACA application, it was the African or an African-American organization that helped me. For me to renew, it was the Mexican consulate that helped me. And right now I'm actually fighting to advocate this with my country because right now it's 1,300 DACA recipients from the Dominican Republic, right? And there's 3,000 that can benefit from the program, right? Okay, yeah, right now new applications are put on hold, but that was just recent. There's 3,000 of us that could benefit from the Chrome, but, but they don't know because the, our country don't offer, don't offer us the resources and the help. No. So I've been trying to reach out to them and my consulate. And one of the responses I got in was, 
the program is too new for me to help you with resources and <laughs> the program has nine years guys nine years the program is not new um so it's unfortunate and i don't really care to voice it out my country if they don't see a benefit and, and i will say I, I feel it will be all the countries in general but when it comes to like uh, helping and giving resources and guidance to people. If they don't see no 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 economy beneficial, they won't help you. So when I went, they they asked me. Oh, I was like, oh, hey, I'm here to ask for DACA resources and help. And they were like, um, I don't know what you're talking about. But we can give you a, a passport. We could give you a Dominican passport. We could give you a Dominican consulate card. I was like, um, can I explain to you that being a DACA recipient, I don't need a Dominican passport because I don't need to travel. And being a Dominican and being here for 20 years, I don't need a consulate card because I don't I don't need to vote for anybody in my country. But now if I when I come here and I ask for help for DACA, you guide me and you teach me what having a passport for my country is and what having a consulate card while you help me, maybe I will have that. You know, but you guys want to offer the Dominican youth and undocumented people a passport and a consulate card, but you are not offering the guidance and resources for this 3000 um, immigrants that are out here to benefit from the DACA program because they don't know. But, yeah, they have your passport. How sad is that? <laughs> you know, so I'm currently fighting for that. And I feel like I need to, like, speak about that more more. more. Because Dominicans need to speak up for themselves. Um, mm. I feel like, and not Dominicans, so many other communities. I met my first um, DACA brother, who, which is, he's Albanian. And I was surprised as well. I was like, oh my God, you're Albanian? Oh, wow. Um, I'm so used to listening to hearing that there are Mexicans, um, Salvadorians, Guatemaltecos, like that. And so happy to see other communities voicing out. Because if we will be voicing out our demand, more people will listen to us. That's so important. It's not about that we need to be out there. No, it's just like the more that we are, the bigger the voice it is for them to hear us. You yeah, know, the, the voice louder. And louder, I always, louder. Yeah, and I always tell people like, oh, you know, you know, the people that doesn't want to vote. And like, if you don't vote, you cannot complain. Exactly. There's no change that you're going to make. Yeah, <laughs> voting is the only time that they actually listen because they have no choice. They have no choice. Yeah, exactly. So when yes. this bill passed, well, actually, it will pass, yeah. and then you become documented. What's the next goal for you? Um, my next goal for me is having peace of mind, um, hmm. not having that anxiety of having. To, a, to renew every two years, being a DACA recipient, um, being able to know that I'm going to apply for that job and be able to build there and not be scared if in a year and a half they're going to prevent me to continue to build, that's going to be the first thing, like, you mm -hmm. know, like the peace of mind. And then going to school. Um, for me, I, 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 I have this, um, I don't know how would you say, like when you have this, hunger to be successful, to um, be able to provide and show my kids what I've always wanted to, if I was given the resources that I needed. And that's going to be the time when I show 
like myself first because I feel like you need to show yourself before anybody what you are capable of mm -hmm. and my kids that this is what I was needing. I was screaming for because that's what I needed to be better, you mm -hmm. know, to be have that peace of mind and be be able to just provide them a better future. Yeah, you'll have that. How about the passport to visit Abuela? You know, that's, that's, I think, mentioning that, of course, like, you know, <laughs> it's just like, I've said that so many times. Um, I, I, I was going to mention that, but it's just like, I'm going to run to her. Like, that's just like, so, so obvious. Like, that's besides my goals and my, my like, resolution for my kids um, as a persona. Mm -hmm. I'm going to run to my, like, to my grandma. Um, I don't want to wait. I honestly, I fear so much to having to, like, having to apply for advanced parole because she passes. I don't want to, I've said it. And I've said it, and I'm going to put it in this podcast so I can stay here. Um, I always said it, if, if the moment comes that, like, let's say, unfortunately, um, my mom, my grandma passes away and, and, and I'm not able to travel. I don't, I'm not, I don't want to go to my country. I don't have mm. nothing to do there. Um, <laughs> That's the only reason why I want to go. So if I get this pathway to citizenship and it comes late, let's say, unfortunately, and my grandma is not there anymore, I don't want to go to the Dominican Republic. Um, I'm going to have my pathway to citizenship to show my kids other countries and other places and be able to study, which is like what I pray for. And, and it's my passion to like be able to be somebody successful. Mm -hmm. um, and and Yeah. That's amazing. That's awesome. I, I, I wish that to you and I, I'm sure it's going to happen. And we're getting there, but I have a few more questions if you don't mind. So for people that wants to do what you're doing to be an activist or, you know, to, to voice out their opinion, what advice would you give them? Well, one thing is like United We Dream Action um, has the Undeniable Squad, which is a volunteering program which is so amazing. They have trainings, they have guidance. Um, you could give as much time as you want. It's not anything that you have to like, I understand people work. I understand people have other things. This is the way to do it. Um, the way I started um, activism work, looking to like Instagram pages that are in your area that are usually voicing out your rights. Um, if you feel like maybe the undeniable squad is not something that you want to do because, you know, you don't want to be involved so much in like a program, you know, um, follow pages that are of importance, share those posts. Um, I said it in my rally, we underestimate. Unfortunately, we live in a social media era. I wish we didn't, <laughs> you know, but we do. Um, it's very important. Um, for us to keep on um, sharing those things, to be involved. If you feel like you cannot volunteer your time, the, of 10 memes, of 10 posts that you share, they share that important post. Share that demand uh, for your friends, for your families, for anyone out there. Immigrants, um, Afghans that are going through this, Haitians that are going through so many things. Asians that when we're going through so many things on a few weeks prior, whether anything that you see out there that is of, 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 isn't of importance, voice it out. 
um, share those posts. Um, I feel I, I get really upset when I feel like I've seen so many memes on my friends sharing so many memes and sharing so many quotes. Why are you not sharing myself? Why are you not sharing my rallies? You might feel sometimes you might feel like, um, oh, that is in New York City. I'm not around. But you don't know who you have that sees that, that they have that's from New York that wants to share it. And that's how things escalate. Join us. You know, there's Action United We Dream um, and Instagram pages that gives you a lot of resources and information and how to take future actions in texting campaigns, phone bankings. There are many ways virtually that you could take demands out there. Look for it. There's um, um, many pages that are doing this now um, in the next few weeks to demand actions, not just United We Dream Actions, many others. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am right now part of United We Dream Actions. So I welcome everyone to join us. Always, you can always text on um, Pathway to Pathway to A77877 or squat to A77877 to get more information on how to join us and how to make more demands. Mm, that's excellent. That's excellent. Man, I feel <laughs> like uh, I'm ready to go, man. I'm going to go through the wall, man. <laughs> so, yes. Before we close up, um, do you have any last remark or anything to add? Um, yes, my last, last remark, I will say just, um, like I said a few um, minutes earlier, my community, my immigrants undocumented community, and those that are just learning about what this is, please um, spread out the voice, continue to take action out there. Don't feel comfortable because um, the House um, passed um, the budget reconciliation. We are closed, but we are not there yet. It is extremely important for the support and the actions to continue to happen. Please share our polls. Please voice out. If you can volunteer some way, some shape or form, please do it. It is extremely important for my life and many other people's lives out there to change. Wise word from a wise woman. Again, Eva, thank (laughs) Thank you for coming on. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much, um, Aaron. I, I am super grateful for you having me here today. I actually um follow your page because um jay maja uh, you actually did a podcast on him recently and mm. i um and i saw it i actually follow him and that's when i followed you and i started like seeing what you do and i'm super fan now of your oh, work you. um love what you do i i um and that you're voicing now and helping us voice out this um our demands i am super grateful and i feel like there should be more people like you out there helping us out um to like spread our voice is extremely helpful um this platforms that you are providing for us thank you thank you thank you so much for having me here today um saying my story you're welcome and thank you and have a good evening thank you bye bye again eva thank you for coming on the podcast i really do appreciate it Thank you, listeners, for listening. This is Aaron Deliosa for An Immigrant's Life. I'll see you guys later.